You know what I would say? What? Bowls in this house. Got Todd Bowls in this house. Got Todd Bowls in this house. Oh, certified freak. Damn. The defensive coordinator. Look at you, kid. Oh, <laughs> uh, look. Wow. Wow. What we have here, Mr. Wop himself. Yep. He just blushed as badly as I've ever seen it. I did. You did. You're still blushing. Well, you know, I haven't sang in well, front of people. You haven't in my life. Well, you sang like a few weeks ago on I the know, podcast. I know. I did. You haven't rapped a whole lot, I guess. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't rapped, but I've done that. Right. Basically, my whole life is an open book on this podcast now. My showering, my use of a bidet, yes. me pitting out right. at the end of a podcast, right. and my rapping and singing ability right. is on full display. I, I Listen, the more the people can get to know you, the better they'll like you. Well, I mean, that's the way I feel. I just keep liking so you more like, and more. So you think people are like, I, don't, I was kind of on the fence with Ahmed, but now that I know he pits out, well, yeah, they're kind of like, like him. I think everyone out there is like, <laughs> I don't shower that much. I don't wear deodorant that yeah. much. I only brush my teeth once a day. Yeah. And I'm an average rapper too. Yeah. So they relate. I don't want. I don't want to admit it, but I silently know that I am one with Ahmed. I couldn't I figure that. out the other day when you started on your WAP rap there. Okay? What that was from? No, I was like, oh. I know that song, but what the hell? And uh-huh. you know, it's it's crazy just because I feel like in my household, it's on a lot. I, oh, I don't know. I might say is. something. Well, you, have an out, you have not outlawed that. We have not outlawed it. No, we have not. Really, it's my wife's problem, okay? When she gets in the car, she starts booty shaking music, and yeah. she just, the kids hear it, and that's all there is to it. Which we do the same thing. Right. And I'm wondering is like, our, because when our parents would listen to music, yeah. right? They're right. old music. Right. I guess there weren't bad words. There wasn't as music, many bad right? words. But yeah. maybe these words won't be bad. When our kids get old. No. I don't know. No, they're going to be bad. They're always going to be bad. You might, <laughs> Less the, relevant than the Chris Simpson. The world is wide open, so you might as well teach your kids some of these things anyways instead of them finding out or trying to figure it out themselves and all yeah. those. That's maybe some sort of my take there. Well, I mean, people say the same thing listening to this podcast. So. Yeah. This is not, I mean, you gotta have, we gotta have the E rating on this podcast. No doubt. Let's um, fucking go. Here we go. <laughs> okay. All right. We, we uh, every Monday, this is what we do. Good to be back, Chris, because we're going to get through every game. Even yep. the game, you know, now we're starting to get, as the season goes on, you get a few games that really don't matter. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like they matter, but they don't matter. Right. Um, but we do those games. We touch on them. So we'll do that. We got two deep dives. Yep. We'll go deep into what happened with the Bucks deep. and the Saints. Right. That was weird. Was weird. It was weird. Yes. It was very weird. Um, but we'll go. So we'll see exactly what happened there. If there are any takeaways. Um, but we start. Oh, and we got the Trevor Lawrence top pick power ranking. I can't wait. Which, by the way. Yeah. Could have a huge shakeup today. Well, today, tonight. tonight. Yeah, yeah, it could be huge. Right. It, it, for the first time, the Jets may fall out of the number one spot. Jets could fall out. I mean, I don't know. Could the Patriots enter? I don't know. One hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And yeah. They could. So Big a lot, time. A lot to, to the pulse there. Uh, the pulse of the worst teams in football. You're over it. You're um, all over. But it. we start with a game, uh, Week Nine, which I never would have picked this game. Yeah. If you would have given me the whole slate of games to pick of which one we'd be starting this podcast with, it probably would not have been Dolphins and Cardinals. No. Uh, but they have two of the most intriguing young quarterbacks in football, Tua Tungavailoa and Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of questions on this one, too. Pete was, uh, was good about getting the homies' responses. Cool. So I just want you to – So I think it was almost a disservice to Tua – to have him play in this game against Kyler. Because you watch Kyler. Yes. And he is so dynamic. Right. And such a great runner. Like, no one can compare. And so as good as the game was for Tua. Yes. 
like, I wonder if it just didn't look as good because Kyler is so amazing. Well, I, I will, to your point, and Tua, I played really well. He's got a lot to be proud of. But you're right. I mean, Kyler is just so special. And, you know, Tua had all these great runs, but when they're in a highlight package next to Kyler's great runs, they just don't look that good. Because right. Kyler's are like, like, look really good for a pro ball, all pro running back to where you just go, nobody can get that guy in space. Nobody can accelerate through a hole like that in football. Like, nobody. So that's where it might take just a little bit of the, the luster off of Tua's performance, but I don't think it should by any stretch of the imagination. And, I mean, with the Dolphins' offense, let's, we're going to start there, right? You want to start Tua? Let's start with the Dolphins' yeah, offense because right. we've got a question, Sport Lover 2010, and you'll get into this, I'm sure. But he yep. said, what did you see from Tua this week that showed you that he could become a superstar in the league? And where do you see room for improvement for him? Because sure. it's not like you, you weren't gushing over him in no, the draft. I got you my questions. Herbert yeah. over him. You had Burrow over him. Right. At one point you had Jordan Love over him, but then you kind of reconsidered right. and put Tua above him. Yep. So you had concerns. Yes. After watching this game, do you still have the same concerns that you had then? Well, I, I, uh, I do a little. I do. It makes me feel good about what I saw yesterday. It certainly does. I mean, the, I, I'm rooting for Tua. I know people think just because I had him ranked certain places that you don't root for those guys. I, I'm not like that. I as purely a football assessment. You've met the, him. You like the him, guy right? Tua is. How can you not root for him? How, how can you not? And he's coaching a team that I mean, he's quarterbacking a team that I really like too. So I, I and I, I've known Brian Flores since I was in college. So I'm rooting for them. I'm not like I no ill will at all. Do I still have questions? Yes. But did I see things yesterday that go okay? That makes me feel better. Definitely. I mean, the first thing I would say. Listen, let's just talk about the negatives. He's not real big. He hasn't made a ha- have to make a ton of throws in the drop-back pass game yet. It's been two games. This was really the first game we've had to really evaluate because last week was such a defensive showcase. So, hey, it was a good start. I'm not going to be like, you know, oh, all right, I know what he is now. Let's go. Let's lock it up. He's good forever. Here we go. We don't have to really, you know, scrutinize him ever again. No, I I would like to see more. But I think between the way he looked, the grittiness, the toughness, the understanding of the game, too, and realizing what he was being asked to do, and also realizing, hey, my defense is pretty good, and they'll hang in there. I don't need to take chances or do anything stupid along those lines. I think that's the first thing you can take away as positives. Now, the other positives, yeah, hey, his movement, it's real. You know, and again, it's not Kyler Murray like three rockets up his ass type movement where he can just fly, but his ability to move around the pocket, you know, make some throws with his feet in awkward positions, and then his throwing on the run is really top-notch. And, I mean, to really break it down, that's all the game boiled down to, okay? Really, on their side of the ball, it was a good game plan, not only to win the game against the Cardinals, but a good game plan to, again, help their young quarterback flourish. They did three things throughout the game, really. And this is screens, a few screens here and there, which is, hey, every quarterback should have a few screens. I'm not, it's nothing against it. Bootlegs, right? They did that. You know, they tried to stay somewhat patient with the run, but they really only wanted to run the ball so they could run bootlegs with him because that's a safe thing for a young quarterback, and he's good at it. You know, oh, wait, hey, guy in the flat, boom. Oh, here comes guy in the flat's not open. Here comes the crosser, 12, 15 yards down the field, boom, hit it. Oh, wait, neither one's open. Well, maybe I'll run and get a first down. Oh, wait, I can't do any of those three. Throw it away. Did he do that in college at Alabama? Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. They did a little maybe more out of the shotgun and things like that, where yesterday they got underneath the center a little bit. But then that, and then to me, 
what one of his best attributes, and this is something I saw in college that I love, his ability to throw goes and fades down the sideline. You know, that was really all they did. Screens, boots, oh, it's one-on-one? Tua, throw the ball to him. Go ahead. It's, it's Preston Williams. We like our matchup. Oh, it's Devontae Parker. We like our matchup. And he always throws the appropriate football. I think that's where I like. Oh, the guy's got him beat. He stretches him out. Oh, the guy's ahead of him. I mean, the defender's in front of the, the wide receiver. Oh, he throws a little back shoulder. Oh, it's kind of even. He can loft it up just like we saw in the touchdown pass or a few other passes to, to um, um, Preston Williams on go balls to put it in the spot where it's like, hey, my guy should get this. He's a big receiver, and we'll see where it is. So from that, and then a few of the runs we saw at the end of the game and just yeah. the playmaking ability in a big moment, I think that's what's exciting. Yeah, those um, runs, if he was playing against Phillip Rivers, would have looked a whole lot more definitely. impressive. Yes. They go like, wow, he can do something that other quarterback can't. And it, it did seem like on a couple of the big plays, even the runs, you know, I think there yeah. was one early in the fourth where he spun the wrong way and then snuck through the line. You're like, if you were to do this play again, like nine times out of ten, it's probably not going to work out as perfectly as it just did on some of those runs and some of those passes. Yeah, sure. But there was one thing, and, and tell me if you agree. At the end of the first quarter, I just saw a couple passes with him where it looked like he was going through his reads like super fast. It yeah. was like boom, 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 like right. his third receiver uh, pretty quickly. And so like the confidence in the pocket to be able to go through the progressions like that in your second NFL step. Yeah, no, he's, he's very poised that way. The game is not too big for him. He's been coached at Alabama so he's not like, you know, oh, gosh, deer in the headlight syndrome and, you know, the game's moving so fast. Not at all, you know. And, again, like I said, there wasn't at first a lot of, like, what I would call big-time pocket-passing throws. But as the game went on, he got more and more comfortable mm-hmm. and really saved, I thought, some of his best throws of the day for when, they, when it mattered the most. That, that's really where I would look at it. You know, there was a third and nine on his own eight-yard line at one point. He's got a curl route to his right. He's got a little pressure in his face. Patrick Peterson's got tight coverage on Devontae Parker. He, go, he knows, oh, man, there's somebody coming free. I'm going to have to throw this a little quicker than I want to before this guy comes out of the break. You know, throws a strike, pro- appropriate, uh, appropriate pace on the ball, all those things. You know, it was little things like that. You know, later in that drive, too. And this is the drive where I believe they go on the uh, – the, it's 31-24. They go on the 93-yard drive. I mean, this is, it's, it's the game right here. It's the fourth quarter. Cardinals are on the cusp of, you feel like, controlling or taking over the game. Yeah. Wow, we've pinned Tua, this rookie quarterback, back in his own end zone, and he makes a few plays like that. He had an unbelievable scramble on a second and four. And, you know, that was really some of the most impressive thing about what he did throughout the day, let alone the, the last drive of the game to set them up for the field goal. One of the first... One of the first throws of the game, his first throw of that drive, excuse me, little corner route to Kaseki. Beautiful throw. Has two under routes. Kaseki's got man-to-man, throws it out there, lets right on the money. So when I saw those things, that started to make me feel really good. Yeah, because that's going to be highest. the pressure was yeah. highest. Hey, the bootleg game, the screen game, no, it's not going to mm-hmm. work at this point of the game right now, right? Because you're not really running the ball. You're behind. It's late in the fourth quarter. And you're going to have to make pocket plays in the pocket. And he did that, and I think that's what you can be really excited about. How about the Cardinals' D? Did they make things a little easier? Uh, him well, they, they have an. I mean, Patrick Peterson's been up and down lately. And yes, supposed to be your shutdown guy in the secondary. I what I would question, right? Just and you've heard me do this before. Rookie quarterbacks, mm-hmm. why give them the one on ones so much? That would be my question, just to take away from the game. Is like, hey, Arizona, he's a young kid. 
You know, make them read defenses. Make them look at coverage. Instead, there was too many times where I feel like they just laid it out on the silver putter. Hey, look, it's your great receiver, man-to-man. I mean, hey, now you don't have to think. Just drop back. Oh, I'm going to throw it up to him. My guy's better than yours. You know, I wouldn't have taken that approach so much. Arizona played them like they were playing the Baltimore Ravens at times, where I want to be like, wait, 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 wait. I want to be like, Miami can't run the ball. Why are you so all in on let's stop the run so he can throw bootlegs and play actions? That would be the one thing I would question. But other than that, you know, they took the approach of we're going to blitz him and we're going to pressure him and do those things. And I, I just think that's the wrong approach. You've heard anybody that's listened to my podcast, and I think the numbers are starting to bear that out when, when Pete and you guys look things up. You know, just these rookie quarterbacks blitzing, it's, it's a six-years-ago thing. They've been blitzed in college. They've been blitzed in seven-on-seven in seventh grade. It's all, they've yeah. played too much football. It's they can not a get big the ball. They can get the ball they out can get the ball out. The They're not they've, flustered anymore by that element. They almost would rather do that because the game's moving so fast for them. It's like, it get makes it, out it out easy. That's what I mean. It does. It makes it easy. It makes you pull the trigger. It just yeah. goes, wait, I don't have to think. I don't have to read this side. Oh, let me just take the one-on-one. Oh, wait, he's blitzing me. i got to make a quick decision and throw the football. Right. You know, and, and oh, there's an easy throw there or safe throw, and, and you know, not, that doesn't always like help the defense out that way. But nonetheless, really good game plan by Chan Gailey, and then great job by Tua getting his first win and, and some clutch throws and runs there in the What end. do you mean they can't run? Selvin Ahmed, the only player in the league named Ahmed, <laughs> seven carries, 38 yards. Come yeah, on, that's yeah. a pretty good average. Big, big day there, yes. And he got <laughs> half those yards on one carry, I believe, yeah. the first, uh, early on in the game. And then Tua was their second-leading rusher with 35 right there. Yeah. Uh, so they win the game. They get the treatment of talking about them first. Uh, but Kyler Murray, probably the better quarterback in this game, even though Tua played great. Yeah, um, right. Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk were hooking up, 123 yards for Christian Kirk. Um, it was, uh, it, was, it was huge. It was, it was. It was, it was huge. What did you see from Kyler well, in this game? Well, he, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's phenomenal. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say, really. You know, this game was interesting. They asked so much of Kyler Murray. The offense, a lot of what they are as a team, is all about Kyler Murray. It really is. I'm sorry. I don't know any other way to say, any other way to say it. You know, the offensive schemes, the passing schemes, their ability to run – with non-Kyler Murray runs, is all very average to me. He is their mm. great advantage. He's bailing them out? He, to, to a degree, I would say, yes. I would say he's certainly, I don't want to say bailing out. Maybe that's not the right phrase. But I don't sit there and watch their pass offense and go, whoa, people are open all over the place. This is fun. Kyler Murray's just wheeling and dealing. And I don't sit there and go, whoa, their run game. Man, do they do some stuff? And they blow people off the, off the ball. No, not at all. You know, a lot of their pass plays, hey, is Kyler Murray making plays off schedule? A lot of the rushing yards, they're the number two rushing team in football. And a lot of that is because of Kyler Murray scrambling. Mm-hmm. Now, what was different about this game, and where I'll give Cliff Kingsbury a lot of credit, is quarter, true quarterback design runs. We saw some Baltimore Ravens. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, shotgun, pulling guards in front of the quarterback, stuff that you don't see really Arizona do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. They've been reluctant to do quarterback design runs with Murray. They might run the read option, right? Okay, guys are getting too too antsy. He'll keep the ball around the edge, get 20 inside, right? But not like this is you're taking the ball. You're running the ball. We're going to pull the guard, and we're going to pull our backside tight end, and you're going to – we're going to lead you up through the hole and gash somebody. We see the Ravens do that all the, the time. The Ravens do it all the time, right. But this was 
was new to them. I mean, this was like a once-in-a-while thing. This was part of their game plan yesterday, let alone another interesting thing on the stat sheet. 25 for 70 for Chase Edmonds. I've never seen them be this patient with the run game in all their lives. And Cliff mm-hmm. Kingsbury, I give him a lot of credit because I think he realized, wait, I can't play my normal shotgun spread offense versus this team. They, I think he realized they're too well coached. Brian Flores is good that way. And then they're too talented. We're, we're not going to win the matchup by just throwing the ball every play. So okay. I think he had to get into the run a little bit to save himself from pass protection. So what about the runs at the end here, though? Anakit yeah. Tolpati. So right. Arizona on last two drives. Yeah. Running back run on the fourth and one. And second to last drive, two straight runs after that strike to Christian Kirk on the last drive. Why wouldn't you want the ball in Kyler's hands with a game on the line? So that's the balance you got to do, right? Yeah. It's like you want to establish the run, but you hope at the crucial moments that you don't take the ball out of your most dynamic player's no, hands. No, I know. Well, there was a lot of crucial moments he had the ball in his hands to run the ball. Sure. So, you know, at, at times... It may have been set up by some of those, by the fear of the it, run. It definitely right. is. And I think a lot of their offense was set up by the fear of the run, not only between the tackles and things like that, but... Hey, when they got too pass-heavy and spreading the field out and everything, there wasn't people open. And then Flores started messing with them a little bit with these all-out pressure looks that he got McVay in golf with last week. Hey, the strip sack fumble that gave the 7-0 lean. It's the same blitz that they gave issues to golf with last night, last week. It looks like they're going to bring everybody, six guys at the line of scrimmage. Only four came, two drop out, but they still couldn't block everybody because they were worried about those two guys that dropped out. They thought they were blitzing. So now they're one short off the edge. Kyler thinks he can run. He's got somebody open for the first down. Yeah. But he kind of gets greedy and thinks he's going to run outside. And uh, I believe that was Emmanuel Agba strip sacks him. And then Shaq Lawson picks it up for the touchdown. You know, but I-, I think that would be my big takeaway of the game more than anything. The patience with the run with Cliff Kingsbury. You know, and it allowed them also to have some play-action passes that I don't see them do all the time. Mm, yeah. Right. You know, that's not really part of their offense. And I I hope this is something going forward because I think realistically, if they want to be a player in the NFC, it can't just be Kyler Murray, shotgun spread, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and we're going to throw it 45 times a game and beat you. They're not going to beat the good teams in football that way. They're not. So I did like the aspect of the design runs uh, and and their running back runs. It just didn't work out in their favor in this football game. Second most rushing attempts by any Cardinal in a game under Cliff Kingsbury. There you go. I have a figure. Only the second running back in the NFL to have 25-plus carries in a loss this year, James Robinson for Jacksonville. It blows up that stat. You remember, usually it's that stat. Like, if your running back runs 30 times a game, you win. It's like, well, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, no, no duh. No, duh. Um, right. Exactly right. What did you think? This is from um, Shavar James 22. He really enjoyed seeing uh, what Kyler did, even though he was super bummed at the end of the game and was very disappointed in himself. Um, he said, was this the best you've ever seen Kyler play in this game? Where would you rank this of games that you've seen Kyler play in? It, it good is, defense. A good defense it is. a good secondary. It's a really good secondary. And because of him and his skill set, he took them out of some things that they want to do. Like I was just talking about that all-out blitz pressure, right, and those things they did. There's two plays that ended that. Brian Flores, there was the deep post to Christian Kirk for the touchdown, right, the 56-yard touchdown pass. That was that same blitz that caused the strip sack fumble. Yeah. It was the same one. So they make it look like it's an all-out blitz. They're kind of trying to pressure you. They got people there for the short throw because you think, oh, Blitz, I got to get it out. But they did a good enough job to pick it up, and Murray slid away from the one guy that was free 
to now, hey, there's Christian Kirk, deep post, wide open, Byron Jones. There's no way you can cover that route if the quarterback has that time when you're playing this type of defense. He does that, and then later in the game on a third, in the third quarter, there was like a, a third and short, and they showed that blitz again, and they called the quarterback design run. And Kyler Murray was this close for turning it up for a touchdown. He ended up getting like 15 or 20 yards. But I think when Brian Fuller saw those two plays, he was like, okay, I've had enough of that blitz. I don't know what else they got in store for me today, but if he makes another throw like that or makes one guy miss, we're going to be deep in, tr- in deep trouble. Yeah. And that's the beauty of Kyler Murray. He puts so much pressure on a defense and what they can call and can't call because he's uh, so so dynamic. Which is probably why they don't need to do a whole or maybe haven't thought no, they need to do I know. a whole lot of play action. You're right. Because you, know, you don't need to slow down any rush because they're already freaking right. out. Right. I think the biggest thing that I would love to see them continue with the play action, and one thing that I think continues to arise when I watch Arizona and break them down, is their inability to throw the ball down the middle of the field. Hmm. They don't throw the ball down the middle of the field. They're one of the, the least in all of football. Yep. You know, you've heard me say, like, McVay, you're going to play Garoppolo, Right. Take the middle of the field away. Make them throw outside. They never throw outside. With Kyler Murray, it's almost the exact opposite. Is that a problem? I, I, I think at some point somebody's going to catch on to it because I think they're going to realize, and there's so many plays in this game, and I can even say the Detroit and Carolina game, which is the three losses, right, where I, you know, I, one, I don't think he can see down the middle of the field. I think that would be the first issue. So if there's big people at D-tackle and they put their hands up, you know, there's a number of times every game where I go, ooh, throw it. But I don't think he can really see it. You know, he can't have it all. Yeah. He's got just about everything else, but he just doesn't have an extra six inches like a Tom Brady or whatever. Right. And that's what hurts him in that aspect. But the play action passes, of course, what does that do? It brings the linebackers up a little bit, and then it gets him a lot of depth usually behind the line of scrimmage to open the field up a little bit. And now, way, I'm way far away from the pass rush. The linebackers came up a little bit. And now, I'm, yeah, I'm 5'11", but I feel good about the middle of the field and I'll throw the ball. And I think that's one reason they should continue to stay patient with the run. That makes a ton of sense. Three quick hitters before we wrap up this game. DeAndre Hopkins, three catches, 30 yards. Yeah. Uh, Drew some pass interference flags. Yep, that's right. So was that his effect in this game? Did the Dolphins do anything to take him out of it? No, no, but, you know, I think those are some good corners there. Yeah. And and I do think that Flores had a pretty good feel for what they wanted to do in this pure drop-back pass game. And it just didn't lend itself to his day. But because they're paying so much attention to him and things, too, you know, sorry, but that's, that's why Christian Kirk, you see him wide open on the last drive going down the middle of the field and the other touchdown and all that. You know, those are the factors of DeAndre Hopkins getting a lot of attention. And we found out in the offseason that Dolphins' Twitter, very vocal. Oh, well, I mean, they don't Pete like was, me. Pete was responding to them left and right. They <laughs> became one of the most vocal yeah. uh, fan bases because of where you ranked to sure. in your rankings. So yeah. Mac Daddy 35 mac said, just got to thinking, I wonder if Sims still has Stidham ranked above Tua in his top 40, thinking he might want to amend that list. Hashtag fins up. So he is indicated his bias yeah. in this whole Yes, this he whole has. System. Well, um, that's fine. And, of course, yes, he's in front of Jared Stidham at this point. Yes, he definitely but just, is. But we haven't seen Jared. I mean, no. like, he hasn't had a chance to prove himself. No, you yet. know, and again, uh, I'm rooting for Tua. I know people think just because I ranked him a 38 or didn't love Listen, there's I, I respect the human being to where I won't root against him. Yeah. But let, let, let's, let's calm down before we start calling him, like, the best quarterback in football or something like that. Let's just continue to evaluate. It's really a good start. And – 
Yeah, trust me. I thought about it. I think about all my rankings all the time. I'm always thinking about it because I know people are going to come at me or even yeah. give me props in either way. And well, I want to know be what really that, you're way. right. That is that MoCon 19 said, everyone relax. Let's give him a three year sample size before anointing him after two games here. So yeah, he, he has your back. Thank you. I he appreciate that. Yeah. So, OK, where would you what you saw in that game? Right. If he continues it, generally that same level. Right. Where does that rank in the Chris Sims 40 oh, quarterback? Well, about. Where does that put him about? Yeah, I mean, if he's going to continue to play like the, the way we saw here, you know, I mean, that's – he's – He's 20s? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, or, or, you know, maybe early to mid-20s if he continues to do what I saw yesterday. Accurate intermediate throwing, playmaking ability off schedule, managing the game the right way. Yes, all those things are awesome, definitely. Yeah. Um, but this is where I would just say everybody pump their brakes. The formula is very simple to this point as far as their offense is concerned. And... Like, after two games now, people are going to be able to watch this a little bit and go, wait, boots and screens, a team that can't run the ball, Mm -hmm. you're not doing that shit against us this week, all right? And then it's going to be, let's see where he goes from there. And I I think it could still be – I'm not saying it's going to be negative. I'm just saying their formula will be caught on, and he's going to have to continue to develop and take, you know, the next step in all other phases to – you know, keep people off their backs. What I like about this podcast so far is we just kind of got into a little bit of a self-scout thyself yeah, right there. Yeah, And we haven't even gotten into the self-scout thyself segment, which we are going to do now. Bam. So it's like we got a little taste of it, and now yeah. we do it again here. Let's do this it. This is where we try to humble Chris as much as possible, yep. although... Although um, we just humbled him and shat on him anyways. Although a lot of this stuff <laughs> is stuff that you've said as well. Uh, Bills defeat the Seahawks. I don't, how is this in the self-scout thyself yeah. uh, area here? I guess on Thursdays... Pod, you said Seattle's defense can be good against one-dimensional uh, offenses. Yeah, yeah. And they were, I guess they were one-dimensional, uh, the Bills. Yeah. They just could throw, and Seattle couldn't stop that. No, oh, Bills no. beat the Seahawks by 10. I thought that, you know, through the year, when it's been one-dimensional, they've been able to make one or two plays to kind of sway the game. Josh Allen was phenomenal. And, yeah, I guess I didn't. Where I was wrong about that game is it's just I didn't give enough credit to Josh Allen just being able to make plays all game long, them being on fire, and really the Buffalo defense making a few plays that I haven't seen them make all year long. Yeah. You know, I think that was probably the thing that I didn't take into account. But, man, they didn't even hide it. I mean, it was just drop back and we're coming at you with this pass game every play. And it was really awesome to see. And, you know, of course, they have issues on the defensive side of the ball as far as cover people. You've heard me say that all year long. It's not going to change. For who, Seattle? Seattle. Yeah. They're not, they can't cover anybody. They, they, there's nobody that can cover man-to-man on that football team. Now, the one thing that I think is the least encouraging for Seattle, their defense yesterday, hey, Jamal Adams is back. That's great. And a lot of people are going to see negative plays from Jamal Adams. Listen, they asked Jamal Adams to do things that no other safety in football gets asked to do. Nobody. So he's going to have bad plays. His PFF ranking is not going to be number one or number two because he's asked to do, like, out-of-the-box safety type stuff. But him being back is also as a positive, of course. And then, hey, Carlos Dunlap, the trade they made, he popped up a lot during the game yesterday. I mean, he caused a lot of pressure mm. and was disruptive, and I think they could be positive about that. But, man, Pete Carroll, is, they got to go back to the drawing board as far as what they want to do when they see these passing-type 
offenses because uh, they've just been gashed too many times this year. Six quarterbacks have now thrown for over 300 yards versus Seattle. That's and insane. we're halfway through the year. Yeah. Um, and it really, the, there was a turning point, though, because there was a point where it seemed like Seattle could come back. Yes, there was. It was 27-20. <laughs> it was the Bills had the ball, third and 16 from the Seattle 35. Right. And they threw a little screen to John uh, Brown, went all the way down to the two. Zach Moss scored a touchdown. Then they got that um, interception, interception, right? Tredavious White, right. and ran it back inside the five. And then the game was over. That was pretty much over. So You're as exactly bad right. as the Seattle Seahawks defense was, it was like, it was a crucial moment in the game that could have turned it. No, they're never favor. dead. Yeah, they're, they're never, never dead. dead. You know, Seattle really is not. And then, of course, Buffalo's defense is not good enough to really just shut down an offense like Seattle all yeah. game long. So, yeah, Russ was going to make his plays. He made some mistakes yesterday. You know, they made mistakes as a football team altogether. You know, he throws the interception in the end zone, the first one of the day, right? That wasn't horrible. You know, again, it was fourth down. He had to throw it. Yeah. He wasn't going to just, like, take a sack or throw the ball out of way. You know, so he's pushing the issue, and they were all over the play. I mean, Buffalo, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, they knew that was coming. They, they coached them up well. You know, the two strip sack fumbles, okay, one, the, the one, hey, when you ask Russell Wilson to be the fucking team every game, yeah, he's going to make a mistake because he has to live on the edge of always trying to make a play or make it happen because – Really, everything about them filters through him. So he's running up in the pocket, strip sack fumble. Okay, that's going to happen. You know. Now, the other strip sack fumble, that was a pass protection mess up. The right tackle messed up. They should have been protected. That's why Russell wasn't expecting it. And then the interception, hey, he, got, he, he made a bad read. There's no doubt about it. You know, They're trying to high-low the corner, and I think when he first got back, Tredavious White was really low, and he thought, oh, he'll stay down there by my receiver. Let me look back to DK now and hit him on the deep out route. And Tredavious White, kind of just as Russell started to look away, he flew to DK right away. I mean, he did a great job. He's very instinctive that way. He gets the interception. So that's a tough one, definitely. But, you know, it's really the same story of both of these teams. They are so reliant on the talent of their quarterback that, yeah, if their quarterback makes one bad play, which is going to happen because so much is on them, it, it really throws them off track, you know, and um, that's where it's interesting, and that's where Seattle's got to help out Russell Wilson a little bit. Well, luckily for both teams, the quarterbacks are really good. Yes, they are. Bills, despite not running the ball at all, Josh Allen on play action, 11 of 13, 171 yards and two touchdowns, perfect passer rating. Um, Derek Rudolph says, self-scout thyself. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills came ready to play. Are they back in Super Bowl conversation? Is Allen back in the MVP conversation? Well, no, I think he does deserve to be in the MVP conversation. He just, he just is. We just had one. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. And, well, and, and, you know, again, I don't know. Uh, have I, I haven't been saying anything bad about Josh Allen. I've been telling everybody to back the hell off of him because, I mean, again, I've never seen anybody go two and two through a stretch and everybody just point out his – Look, Josh Allen went two for two out of the last two, but we're going to act like he was oh for the last four because he was so awesome in the first four. But now, look, we said he wasn't good. He proves us wrong in the first four, but now the second four is starting to show we were right. No, you weren't. <laughs> who are you doing? Who, because who I'm just the hate all the time of Josh Allen. It drives me crazy. Yeah. 
No matter what show I watch or whatever. Very reactionary. We're, we're very reactionary I know. As, a, as a group, aren't you we? You know, yeah. They lost two games in a four-game stretch. They also won two games. And of those four games, it wasn't like they played, you know, crappy teams. They played a Patriots defense who's as good as pass coverage as there is in anybody in football. You know, the Titans who have an understanding of that offense as well because Vrabel was in – he's from New England. He knows what Brian Dayball is trying to do. Yeah. They, play, they were toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. And I know the Jets game wasn't pretty, but, you know, Greg Williams is a good defensive coach, and they were asleep at the wheel. As you see, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, hey, Pittsburgh barely beat Dallas yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, they barely beat the Jets. I don't know if I want to say Buffalo's in the Super Bowl conversation for me yet. Okay. But I do – they're inching – with the way the AFC is playing out, I just look at them as a real good playoff team right now. I don't look at them as a Super Bowl contender yet. They'd have to make another step. That I, defense I just got to see a little more. Step. Right. Yeah. If the defense continue to cause turnovers or at least stop the bleeding a little bit and things like that, then I might throw them in that conversation. You're going to talk even more about this game on Friday. Take a look at more specific plays. Hopefully there's still stuff to talk about. On with Wednesday. This, with this. On yeah. Wednesday. Right. Did I say Friday? Friday, yeah. Friday, we're on the next week. You're not even in the building on Friday. <laughs> no, not. It's my day off. How dare you? There uh, you go again, making more work for me. You brought up the Steelers yeah. barely beating the Cowboys. That We're going to put that in the self-scout thyself because you, along with the rest of the world, yeah. thought the Steelers would win by a ton. You right. thought uh, it was one of your best bets. It was a 14-and-a-half-point spread. Somehow the Cowboys kept it close. Somehow it looked like at points they could win this game. Definitely. Uh, GJJ4L. Do you think the Steelers are as good as their 8-0 record? They have played some, not all, cream puffs. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think they're as good as their 8-0 record. No, I don't. You know, I, that I, would indicate they're perfect. And they're not, they're not a perfect No, team. they're not a perfect team. Um, you know, I've been saying all along that I still think Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football and the best team in the AFC. If they match up, that's who I would take. I had this conversation on Twitter last week and everything like that. And, you know, hey, as much as I like Pittsburgh – you weren't here last week, but they got their butts whooped in a lot of ways by the Ravens. The Ravens physically pushed them around, and they made some plays, and that's cool, and that's good. So, yeah, I'm not sitting here going, oh, yeah, Pittsburgh to the Super Bowl, definitely. There's a lot to like. But as you saw, I mean, yesterday was really probably the worst game they played all year long. And I will be excited to go back and watch this film. I want to see how Dallas ran the ball so effectively uh, on the Steelers' defense. You know, the Steelers just looked like they lacked energy. And then you caught a team in Dallas who their energy has been questioned, their toughness, their competitiveness. They are desperate. Yeah. And, you know, they put their best foot forward. And Garrett Garrett Gilbert played a good game. I mean, the Steelers aren't going to win the game unless they create the fumble from C.D. Lamb. And then... I mean, I don't want to say they weren't going to win the game, but it's going to be really tough. And then they're down 19-9 early in the fourth. And then the interception in the end zone. Yeah. You know, Garrett Gilbert, it's 19-15 now. Just, they kick a field goal, they go up by a touchdown. But instead, he gets hit as he's throwing. The ball pops up in the air. Interception, you know, Pittsburgh's defense saves the day. Um, But, yeah, underwhelming win for Pittsburgh. And it's still some same issues on offense. Yeah. It's still a little, can't dominate the the run game. They can't run the ball. Big Ben got hurt, hobbled a little bit in the game. Yeah. That's a concern. Yes. Pass game, you know, their pass game is good. It's not great. They always seem to find the right formula as the game goes on. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, there's just too much choppiness within the offense. It is choppy. You're right, because it's like choppy. Deontay Johnson at times. It's like Big Ben and Hinton are not on the same page, and then they break that big play at the end of the game. Yeah. It's like, okay, it came together at the right time. Yeah. 
Um, but few and far between yeah. in the competitive part of the football game. And uh, they were lucky to get, get away with a win. One thing in this game, yeah. the Cowboys special teams did a throwback oh. across the field, which we're starting to see some momentum on rugby entering uh, you football. Love I'm telling you, yeah. rug, uh, Rutgers has done it a little bit right. over the last couple of weeks. We've seen it, which is always what I thought was what had to happen, is you have to have a bad college team. Just go, you know what? We're not going to win doing what we normally do anyway. Yeah, sure. Let's just start doing this rugby pitchback. Yeah, and right. so they've done it, and it's made some huge highlight reel plays. Cowboys do it here on special. That, this one got called back because of an illegal block. But it's still got a big a, yards. Huge, yeah. Huge yards. It got it didn't get all the yards because there was an illegal block in the back pretty mm-hmm. far down the field. Yeah. But still, it was very creative. And did you see what the guy did? So they punt it to the, let's say the punter, he's punting it to the left, yeah. right? The gunner who was going to get the ball thrown, the ball to him, right, the returner there, he, as he's blocking Steelers' gunner, he pulls off and acts like he pulls his hamstring. Oh, really? I didn't see and that. And he kind of limps and wobbles his way down the field. And I think, you know, just it's a decoy. Like, oh, Pittsburgh yeah. sees it, and they just let him go. They don't think he's actually pick, pulling up to set something uh-huh. up. And then nice throw main across the field. And, uh, yeah. hey, that's Fossil is – there's a reason he's – I, I, what I want to know is how much did Dallas pay him to steal him from the Rams? I mean, he's got to be the highest-paid special teams coach in football. And, uh, yeah, that was a big play. They got the onside kick earlier in the year. Oh, so man. That was, that was a big no one. Doubt. So rugby is coming into football. I can, I can feel it right here. Uh, Titans versus Bears. Titans got the win. This was another best bet, though. Chris picked the Bears to cover. Uh. Titans were the six-point favorite. Um, but Pete asks here, is it time for the Bears' offense? To self-scout that itself. Yes. Because, I mean, there was, they had nothing going up until the final, what, two drives of this game where the Titans basically seemed like they had packed it in at that point. Uh, Bears' offense was terrible. It's the worst offense in football. Worst in football. I, I mean, I think so. I mean, I don't even know. Let me, let's look. Let's see. I mean, anyone off. who watched that game would not disagree with you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm truly interested to see where they rank here. I don't even know where they rank offensively, but I got it right here, and we're going to look. So, all right, they're 29th. All right. Okay, so not last in football. Not last. But they're last in football from the standpoint of, like, I don't want to watch them play offense. Well, yes. and the, between the Jets, the Giants, and the football team, I mean. Jets are pretty bad. I, that's what I mean. I would say the Bears clearly have more talent on the offensive side of the ball compared yeah. to those yeah. teams. Sure. You know, when you start talking about their two tight ends, Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, Mooney at receiver. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's Cordero Patterson, the Montgomery kid at running back. Now, their offensive line has issues, but the, for the talent they have, they have no excuse to be the 29th-ranked offense in football. None. All right, so here you go. Aaron Tellez. Yeah. Am I wrong to think Matt Nagy giving up the play calling might jumpstart the Bears' offense? I, I, well, listen, I mean, yeah, there's, you're not wrong. Definitely not. Uh, I mean, they need to do something. Something has to be changed drastically. You know, approach, new play caller, new game plan designers, whatever it is. You've heard me say for really two years now, I never know what their game plan is going into the game. I never see cohesiveness in the game plan where it's like, okay, we do this, we do this. Oh, we've been doing this because we're setting up that. Oh, we're doing this and we set up this and now we have that. And like, There's no rhyme or reason. It's, it's like they just have, he's got a Rolodex and he goes, that one. Okay, that one. Okay. Oh, it's third and 14. That one. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, we're punting. Yeah, okay, great. I mean, that's, I, that's, I don't know what else to say about their football team. And the disappointing thing is 
They have a Super Bowl defense, and their offense just will not stop turning the freaking ball over. They really won't. You know, again, if they don't turn that ball over yesterday, it's still a game. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to hang in there. But, it, you know, they just can't get anything going. 10 nothing. They, they're still in a game. 17 nothing. see you later, Chicago. Do you remember? It wasn't that long ago that I called them the worst 5-1. and one. Was it worst 5-1 yeah, team? Yeah, worst 5-1 and one team. Is that what they were? Yeah, five and now they're 5-4. and four. Three in a row? Three in a row. I mean, it's going to be all ugly. I've made some good calls. You have. Year. That Bears one, that's looking good. Patriots not to make the playoffs, that's looking good. Looking very good. Uh, Steelers to win the Super Bowl, that's looking good. Right. Tomlin to win Coach of the Year, that's looking good. Damn, somebody's been reading their uh, preseason stat line all over the, here. All the other stuff, I'm, I'm not even. <laughs> it's like we make so many predictions, but I've got four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lions are probably not going to make the playoffs, but that was more with the heart. Oh, than, okay. Than okay. With the brain. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the self-scout thyself. We got through it. Wow. You guys feel pretty good about yourself. I do. I always do. I don't care. I like self-scouting thyself. So you don't even need to build yourself back up with the victory lap, but we'll do it anyway. Okay. It's build me up. Fine. Lap. Build me up. Here we go. Smells like victory. Victory is mine. Victory! Ah, it's like such a proud song. We right were really there. in sync there. We too. were. We were. We, and we did not practice that one second. No, we that don't need it. Kind of from, that yeah. was from a year and a half working together now. Well, we're like Brady and Gronk. We just have it going now. <laughs> it's, just, it's good. Can't hang out because of viruses, but, you know, here for this hour and a half, <laughs> yes. we, are, uh, we are in sync. Uh, victory lap, we're starting with... Raiders defeating the Chargers. The Raiders. Chris picked the small upset as his best bet this week, one of the best bets. <laughs> I don't Raiders, even feel good about it. Raiders were one-point underdogs. It was very, very close to not Holy being correct. Holy cow. I mean, which, you know, I feel like 2020 for me has been a wake-up call <laughs> in uh, predictions. Like, I now look at predictions as, like, if you get it right, that means that you were lucky enough to get it, <laughs> to get it right. There, there's no, you're you're right. so difficult. Oh. Um but here's, here's from Back Jacker. Right. Can you please not continue the narrative that the Chargers blew a close game? Instead, note that a backup corner for the Raiders broke up the last two game-winning touchdown pass attempts. Isaiah Johnson. Yeah, big focus play. Focus on him and not the Chargers just uh, not coming through at the end. Again. Well, I mean, that's... You don't have to. That's I, just a suggestion. I, I know. That's, it's all nice and everything like that. But, I mean, within that and, okay, we're, I wanna, I'm going to go to the Raiders for our friend here because I want to. <laughs> but let's not forget, okay, that the stupid Las Vegas, I mean, Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> excuse me, yeah. probably would be in a field goal within winning the game if they could catch a punt the series before, which they fumbled, mm-hmm. and now, okay, you give the short field to the Raiders who kicked the field goal, and now you have to go down and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So there was a little Charger-esque yep. element into this football game. But, you know, to what our buddy is saying there, certainly, the Raiders did a lot of good things. The Raiders won this game because of the three phases of their football team. You know, what the stat line's not going to show is their special teams and how good it did in a few kick returns and punt returns to set up short fields to where now Derek Carr just had to hit one big throw or it was one big run and you were like, whoa, we're at the 20-yard line. Here we go. You know, and that was really a big part of the game that gets lost a little bit. You know, you see there's a six-play, 44-yard drive for a touchdown, right, to go up 14-7. That was set up by a good kick return. And then there was the four-play, 55-yard drive with the Nelson Aguilar touchdown pass there. Mm -hmm. That was set up by the kick return. Sorry, the previous was set up by a punt return. So, 
you know, I like what the Raiders are doing. I really do. The Raiders are one of those teams where I just, again, will go, watch out for them in 2021. If they can spend some money and get some defense alignment, they're, they're going to be complete because they can run the ball. Derek Carr is continuing to get better, making plays, throwing the ball aggressively down the field. I mean, really, that's all he hit yesterday. It wasn't dink and dunk Derek. Oh, yeah, you're you know? right. Yeah. It was 13 completions for 165, and all of them were kind of like explosive, field-changing type plays. And I got to give Derek Carr a lot of credit for that. He won the intended air yards award Did this he? week. Yeah, Good 12. for him. 12.2 average for pass downfield. Yes. Derek Carr, number one. In the NFL. Um, and so that was good to see. Even though for the Chargers, I there's, mean. There's some good. Justin Herbert. What? Just continues to, <laughs> to look so, so dynamic. That, that's so where, good. like, I was yelling at the TV a little. And I won't lie. I was, I was rooting for the Raiders a little yesterday. One, because it was my best bet. And, hey, I, I know people out there. And I root for them. I, I like to root for them. But, you know, there was, there, was two, there was two elements where one time it was a fourth down around midfield. The Raiders elected to punt. And then there was the fourth down. Uh, I think at the I think at that end where they kicked the field goal, it was a fourth and short where they could have gone for it too. Mm-hmm. And he decided to do it. I remember just thinking like, man, your defense ain't that good, and this damn quarterback is just he's in fuego. He's yep. in fuego. I mean, it just doesn't matter where you are on the field. I mean, even you saw the last two throws in the game it wasn't his fault. They were on the freaking money. I mean. Literally used his legs on that drive. Yes, I mean he's he's a beast, a capable runner. He yeah. is a beast. I mean, it, it, again, I think it's very close as far as rookie of the year right now between him and Joe Burrow. You know, I, I really do. I think it's a it's a they're going down yeah. the stretch. What was that horse race that was close this year? Weren't you covering it? What oh, the Preakness, the Preakness, Swiss Skydiver and Authentic. That yeah. was that's the kind of race we got here. Uh, the Chargers, yeah, Chargers defensively didn't look. They're not good. They're they're they, they, no. Raiders were able to run on them. Devontae Booker had some good runs. That first touchdown run. Right. The Chargers have lost nine straight now versus AFC West opponents. Wow. Nine straight versus teams in their own division and outside of the Chiefs, their own division is not great. Not very good. No. That's that's troubling for them. No, it is troubling. Uh, Victory lap. Ravens defeat the Colts 24-10. You picked the Ravens to win. Um, This one, uh, the Ravens now, even though it was, you you watched the game, it was a little ho-hum. In fact, watching the beginning of the game. Yeah, watching, yeah. The the Colts. You were like, like, they're going to dominate them. Yeah, it was like, they're the better team. Right. And then they're just not scoring enough. But, um, like, I think defensively, the Colts. Well done. Good well job. Done. Even no though doubt. they scored 24, um, the Colts defensively looked pretty good. Just offensively, they couldn't get anything well, going. you know, the, part of the playing the Ravens, like the Steelers, you know, is not letting their defense win the game. You know, not letting, hey, we're playing the Ravens. Let's not make sure. We know Lamar's good, but let's mm-hmm. not help them out more by letting them have interceptions and touchdowns themselves on the defensive side of the ball. You know, and Jonathan Taylor... You know, to, to your point, Ahmed, I mean, the Colts were steamrolling the Ravens early on. It's 7 nothing, and you're yep. going, whoa, they're yeah. going right down the field again here, and it's going to be 14 nothing, at least 10 nothing. Yep. You're going, this is not looking good. Ravens are getting nothing offensively going. Couldn't Colts get anything. Down. Right. They're, they're controlling the clock, the line of scrimmage, everything like that. I am in the NBC viewing room. And I'm going, man, it just looks like one of those days. The Ravens just, they got no energy. They're going to let last week's loss beat them this week, too. 
And I'm not even joking you. As I'm finishing that sentence, they're stripping, stripping Jonathan Taylor, and they're running down the sideline. And <laughs> which they do, you know. That's which the thing. is what they do. That's. I was looking up something. I think it was since Wink Martindale's been there, they lead the NFL in in return touchdowns, which I do think is an underrated fact. It's like when your defense gets the ball, yes. right? You should always be thinking score because there are. Five offensive linemen on the field True. that are not great at tackling. Right. And there's a quarterback on the field that's no not doubt. great at tackling. Yes. So if you get the ball, it's like that should be the thought. And I think for them, obviously, it is. It is. They go for it. They don't care. They'll lateral it and whatever. I yeah. mean, they, to, to your point, they're just aggressive. They're aggressive as a football team. They never let you take a deep breath. And this was not a pretty win, but it, I think it's an impressive win. I do. You know, again, the Colts, I know five and three, right? But – I, a lot of they're a playoff quality football team. They got the number three defense in football. I mean, it's it's legit that way. Yeah. And I know Rivers can make his mistakes and all those type of things. But between the strip, fumble return, and then the huge interception by Marcus Peters, which I think was very questionable, but hey, the new rule is three steps. That's control of the ball in a football move, and they thought he had control of that football, and that set them up for that. That 10-play, 54-yard drive by Gus Edwards to go up 14-10, to 10, and they never looked back. The one last thing I want to say about this game, and I had a lot of conversations with Big Phil about this last week. Mm. You know, people being a little too critical of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, and I think my dad was – Even you. I know. You were saying the passing game is – I, I, I make am. the play when they need to make the play in the I, passing And I, I still am not questioning that. I'm not. I think where I'm disappointed a little in myself, and just even talking to my dad last week too, and I think he was saying this probably to check me a little bit, mm. because it's not about Lamar always. The offense, the passing game itself does not deliver itself always to where you go, I, Lamar should be hitting this and doing that and doing that, right? So I want to give him credit because yesterday there was not a lot there to be had. He was very efficient throwing the football. Every throw was just about on money. And in a game where one turnover could have, oh, no, now we're in trouble. He really understood the full scope of the game. And, yeah, it wasn't a highlight reel, but it was a lot of tough runs and some really high percentage good throws to keep them in manageable situations on the 14-play 75-yard drive or the 10-play 54-yard drive or the drive that started off the second half where Gus Edwards fumbled at the three-yard line. You know, they that was a lot of really good quarterback play from Lamar Jackson. I was glad to see him kind of – you know, wipe the haters off him. All right, so bit. reevaluating Lamar. Pete wants you real quick to reevaluate Jonathan Taylor. Is, yeah. He's, he's perhaps fallen behind Jordan Wilkins now yeah. in the well, backfield. He's yeah, not trustworthy. Six carries, 27 yards, did have a touchdown early. Yeah, what's I've been disappointed. Taylor? I can't lie. I mean, you he's know, got the tools, got the speed, got the physicality. Does. I don't feel like I've seen the raw explosiveness yet, hmm. and maybe we won't. You know, sometimes as a, a rookie – it's just hard to let it go that first year. You're thinking too much. You don't want to make mistakes. You're nervous. All those things. You got Philip so Rivers we'll going. God damn it! Get the God ball. damn it! Get damn it! Get damn it! What are you doing? You know? Yeah. But throws you um, And he's had a few fumbles too, and that has hurt them. But nonetheless, they haven't, you know, had the greatest success running the football, or at least not been as successful as I thought they would have been this year doing that. Uh, and our last victory lap is the team that you think is better than the Ravens right now in the AFC, the Chiefs. Yeah. Beat the Panthers. It was close, 33-31. Pete says you uh, threaded the needle on this one. Whoa. You picked the Chiefs to win, yeah. but the Panthers to cover the 10.5-point spread. Right. Uh, by the way, it says Chris tried to thread the needle five times last week, 
You went one for five. This is my only one right here. <laughs> so even in your victory lap, Pete has found a way to bring you down to earth. It, it's hard to pick games and spreads and do any of that. I mean, yeah. it really is. I'm just happy when it, I pick a winner. Impossible. And I think right now I'm nine and three, right, Pete? Am I t- nine and three or nine and four? I, nine, nine and four, four this week. I, Very I, good. It's all Very I root good. for every week is my normal straight up picks to be good. Agreed. You know, I, I, I really... It's hard enough to do that in the NFL, which I, makes the league so fun. I mean, it makes it interesting because yeah. you're like, wow, how'd that happen? Right. But as a gambler, it makes it very frustrating. Oh, I don't know how anybody gambles. I'd have I seven don't. ulcers and everything if you made me gamble. I if mean, I was my, nervous yesterday watching the games just because I put my best bets on Instagram, Yeah. let alone if I had thousands well, of dollars. Your, I mean, it's your reputation on the line. It is so, my I mean, reputation. That's valuable. That's it, valuable. It is. It is. Uh, so uh, Chiefs were able to come back yeah. in this one. But, man, they couldn't stop the Panthers nope. pretty much uh, all game. Nope. Christian McCaffrey was back, 28 touches, 151 yards. Um, but uh, this was a good game, and it I'm was. super impressed with the Panthers this year because they were not supposed to do this. They got basically a whole new defense with a bunch of young dudes, uh, and they're somehow able to do it. And offensively, without the dynamic quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, more of a game manager, it's a dynamic offense. It is. It is a dynamic offense. You know, Matt Rule is the guy that first deserves a lot of credit. Every game, they kind of play it the right way. He manages it the right way. When I watch them, I go, oh, I, I understand what they're trying to do here in this game. I get it. This is They're trying to attack this, that, blah, blah, blah. So I, I've been ultra impressed with him. So very rarely does he deliver the wrong game plan for them to not be competitive, even though, you know, a lot of these games, they're not the more talented team on the field. Because of his game plan, he can keep them right there in the game in a 50-50 balance against teams that we have seen. I mean, Buccaneers, Saints, all these games where they're right there to be had, and they hang in there. And again, that was the case yesterday. Hey, listen, I've been saying it all year long. You take McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, I'll put it against anybody in football. Anybody. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Mm. I mean, the Chiefs, here we go. All right, you're giving McCaffrey the advantage of running back. Yep. I mean, we know the quarterback edges Mahomes, obviously. The tight end, okay, Kelsey. Yep. You know, now you get them to the three receivers. Okay, I'm giving them Tyree Kill, the Chiefs, certainly. But after that, even with a healthy Sammy Watkins, I'm giving receivers two, three, and four to the Panthers. So they've run the running back, and then they won three of the four best receivers on the field. You know, that's, the people got to put that in perspective a little bit. Teddy did a really good job. Definitely. And the way the Chiefs want to play, which is a little bit more aggressive, it's hard to play that way against this group because there's just so many one-on-one matchups they're going to win across the board. And Teddy, if he makes the right decision and is smart, they were going to capitalize. But, yeah, the Chiefs, it was another game where a little bit of sleep at the wheel, then they control the game, and they don't put a team away, whether it's a third and 14 great scramble by Teddy Bridgewater. You know, there was the one point where you're starting to go, ooh, they might control. It's a fake punt by the Panthers. Mm-hmm. They get the first down. You know, I brought up earlier on the show today, there was a bad third down penalty where they made a stop and Chris Jones late hit Teddy Bridgewater and, like, smashed his head in the ground because he was mad and fighting with some offensive lineman. So they did some stupid things yesterday. And, you know, a little like we see with the Chiefs, you know, it's just the Panthers controlled the game with short passes and a little bit of running, and it kept the clock going. And there you go. Yeah, they're scoring points and yet keeping Mahomes off the field at the same time. Uh, and, and that's what people try to do to the Chiefs, and that's where they got a remedy whether they want to just go after people more to create something 
uh, or sit back and, and try to limit people from scoring touchdowns and make it field goals. I don't know. But either yeah. way, their defense has had, had some issues here lately. Despite that, they're 17-1 yeah. and one in their last 18 games, including the playoffs. So That's despite the insane. concerns this yeah. year, and they haven't looked as good, it's like they're still winning these games, uh, even if just That's by why they're a, scary. a couple points here. Yeah. They might not have won this game, though, if um, Sly had made that field goal at the end, right? They wouldn't have. Um, which would have been good from 70, by the way. Yeah, just it was a little 67, off. it was... Wide right. Um, but, yeah, I like what Carolina's doing. They're going for fourth down, fake punts. They're doing – it's just it's, – it's fun to, fun to watch. It is. That team yep. right now. Um, you know what time it is right now, though? Game oh, time? one note. Hold on yeah. before we do that, Kristen. Um, Christian McCaffrey, Pete is noting here. He's out. After returning from the ankle injury, day-to-day with yeah. a shoulder injury. Yeah, I saw the play. It was fourth quarter. Uh, it was, on the, I believe, the last drive of the game. And uh, I immediately said, I said, ooh, he hurt his shoulder. He came down hard on it. You know, I think Sorensen tackled him as he was trying to get out of bounds. And we'll see. Man, I mean, he's, yeah, he's having a tough year. He's a little beat up for sure. That sucks. All right, now yeah. it is time to take it up to 100. Whoa. Presented by Head & Shoulders. And we're going we're gonna to even do it double today. We're going to go 100. We're going to go past it. We're going to go to 200. Times two. Times two. Okay. We're going times two. Vikings defeat the Lions 34-20. to 20. 206 rushing yards for Delvin Cook. Uh, second game in a row with over 225 scrimmage yards and two or more touchdowns for him. He's just the third player ever to do that. That's Two amazing. games in a row. Yeah. Jim Brown, Deuce McAllister, the other two. Right. Uh, another call that Ahmed Freed made earlier this year yeah. was that Delvin Cook, when healthy, is the best running back in football. Yeah. Looked like it the last couple of games. Gosh. Looked like it against the Lions. It's hard to argue it. I mean, it's, it's, he is so talented, hits the hole so hard, can change direction so fluidly to where it's never just like he's got to go like ah, 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 and stop and then turn. It's kind of just like he can keep running full speed and he just kind of weaves through people. I mean, it's amazing that way. And then for a smaller guy, I mean, man, does he have some collisions and still fall forward for a few extra yards. Gary Kubiak, his run game design – Rick Dennison, you know, his partner in crime up there in Minnesota, they deserve a lot of the credit. I mean, they really do. Every, these last few weeks and really, really ever since maybe the, last, the first few games of the year, they have found ways to run the ball creatively almost every week. I know it's not been every week, but most weeks. And, you know, did it a lot of different ways. Hey, tosses, toss cutbacks, fullback lead, inside zone. You know, on the big run at the end of the football game, you know, they got the Lions to put only 10 players on the field. It was great coaching by Minnesota. They said, hey, give another guy out. Don't put him over there. Yeah. I mean, that was unbelievable. There's no guy at the end of the line of scrimmage on the long touchdown run for Dalvin Cook. Uh. But So then you have to worry about that in the run game, right? You do all of that. And then you get into second and third down, and you're worried about the run game, so you might be putting some extra guys in the box to stop that, right? And, okay, we got to worry about that. And, you know, we want to cover Justin Jefferson and Thielen on the outside. But then Kirk drops back to pass, and it's one-on-one with Dalvin Cook and a linebacker out of the backfield. And, you know, these plays aren't for Dalvin Cook. They're not. But it's Kirk realizing, wait, it's man-to-man. Oh, wait, this is Jamie Collins on my running back that has three rockets up his butt. Mm -hmm. Why didn't even look down there? Let me just hit him. Boom. Make a miss. And then there he goes. And that's just where... He's such a double threat that way, and really their success is 
completely as a football team predicated on him and his ability to run the ball or at least make big plays in general, whether that be the pass game or the run game. The Vikings are 3-5. and five. Yeah. They're still in it. Like They could be a playoff team. You talked about the Bears being the worst 5-1 and one team ever. Yeah. Like, this is one of the better maybe 3-5 and five teams we've ever seen. I mean, it really is. When you talk about, you know, some of their wins and then – their losses, I mean, Seahawks mm-hmm. I mean, outplayed them. Tennessee Titans outplayed them. You know, okay, Colts, they lost, and Packers early in the year. But, you know, there, there is some things to like, and they got a part of their schedule right now with the Bears, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Jaguars, where we could be sitting here going, Vikings are 7-5. and five. Yeah. And if they can win out or, you know, only lose one more down the stretch, then they might get in there. Yeah, while they might be one of the best 3-5 and five teams, the Lions certainly are one of the worst. Yeah. Um, and Stafford didn't practice all week because mm-hmm. he was around someone that had coronavirus. Right. Uh, it just – and he didn't look very good no. at all. Their defense continues to just be so porous. I mean, they scored right before – uh, the, right before halftime to make it a three-point game. And I was like, okay, good. I was like, they're going to keep it close here going into the break. Vikings go all the right way down. down. And, and score. score a touchdown. That score a touchdown. You're going, no, they'll maybe get a field goal, but they go right down and score a touchdown. It was just amazingly bad. Six plays, 87 yards in a minute and four seconds. A minute and four seconds. This is, de- this is depressing. I know. I'm but sorry. But the one good thing about them is I do like watching DeAndre Swift. I know you're a little down on him coming yeah, into but this I, year. Didn't, weren't quite as high, but – he does, you know, he's had some bad moments yeah. against the, the Bears. Um, it would have won that game. But um, I, I don't wonder if playing with Adrian Peterson's helped him at all. You know, just watching the violence that AP has played his whole career with. Seems like DeAndre Swift has some of that in his game, too. Well, I, I, uh, he does. He's got a little everything. And you know what? Uh, total honesty, yeah, he's, in, he's impressed me. Yeah. He really has. You know, he's a little bigger and stronger than I gave him credit for in college. And to this point, he's been a little bit more explosive than I wanted to give him credit for. You know, you know I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor. Yep. You know, as it looks from right this second, you know, yeah, I would go, ooh, I'm a hair downer, down on them, yeah. and I should have been a hair higher with DeAndre Swift. Definitely. I mean, but, yeah, that's a, this is a game, you know, the Lions, hey, they play hard, they try. They're just not that talented. No. And I think that's just the biggest issue, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. Mm. You know, there's just really – there's some good, but there's just nothing great to latch on latch to across the roster to where you go, oh, if they play through them or this area, they'll be okay. Yeah. I don't think that exists. I don't know. You tell me. You're Johnny Lyons expert. That's not good. I don't want to think about it anymore. Okay. But I'll tell you what. There's no shame in giving up – 200 yards to Delvin Cook because he does that to some No, there, there some, is shame in good it. Team no, 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 that was just... taken up to 100 presented by <laughs> Take Head Take it to 200, Delvin Cook and Head and Shoulders. Available at Walmart. Uh, there is some shame in that. All right, so this is what I like about, and I, I've brought it up like a bunch of times here, my predictions that were correct. Yeah. The good thing I like about my predictions is that I remember them. No one else cares, right? <laughs> no one else remembers what I say or what I pick. Yeah. And so I can just bring back the ones where I'm correct. Yes. The opposite is true for you. And for everyone else on the Sunday night crew. So if you're just listening, we're showing uh, the tweet right now that shows. This has become a weekly meme, I feel yeah. like, because we've had some it upsets. Uh, they show all of you guys, Chris, Tony, Mike, Gosh. Rodney, picking the bucks. Um, and, it, and they did not win. And it was a blowout the, uh, the other direction, which I, as someone who's not a part of this panel or yeah. the show, this is very funny to me. 
I know that you it's, it's cool. not quite as funny. I know Florio. No, Florio really hates this. Oh, he like, is bothered. Personally, I said this personally bothered right here last night. As you see this picture, if you're watching us on YouTube right mm-hmm. now, I am literally. I think I just got done saying, "Oh man, we're gonna get trolled by New Orleans." <laughs> yeah. I knew it. Yeah, you know, it just it's, it seems like it always works that way too. When everybody picks the one team, that other team always wins. You know. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, hey, it's cool. Zach Streif, he's a former offensive, that tweet was by a former offensive lineman. Oh, is that for, who it was? Yeah. yeah, for the Saints. I'm cool with it. You know, I, I don't care. It's all fun. I get it. You know, all those type of things. But, you know, just like if I was right or I'm not right, I mean, they don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't, it just, it's just stupid. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to say. But why? I wasn't. Sure about the Saints. Yeah, I couldn't pick them against the Bucks. I couldn't do it. Well, I mean, after yes, the underwhelming correct. overtime win against the Bears, or the underwhelming win against the Panthers, or the underwhelming overtime win against the Chargers, yeah. or the underwhelmingly win against your Lions. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah, I didn't think that where the Bucks had played two amazing games and blew out the Raiders and the Packers. And then played a lackluster, ooh, I thought they may be asleep at the wheel against the Giants. And, you know, they ate it pretty hard against the Bucks. So this is what we have to figure out. This is what we have to or figure out. We have to figure out yeah. if this was just one of those one in a thousand games. Yeah, we're going to say. Where they, it's 38-3. to three, Or if, this, if there are some things that happen in this game that are going to move you from saying that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the best team in the NFC yeah. to now saying that is no longer the case, or at least the Saints are even. So can we start with... Sure. What do you like more? I don't know. I'm, I'm torn here. I kind of want to start with the Saints, the good. I want to start with the good. Yeah. I want to start with the Saints offense. Yeah, okay. And how they got rolling, because I think we've been super down on Drew Brees. Right. Um, can't throw deep. This is an offense that did get Michael Thomas back, yeah. has relied heavily on Elvin Kamara. Right. But here you're facing a Buccaneers defense that has a lot of talent yeah. that you feel like can have their way against most offenses. And from you looking at the tape, were the Buccaneers, was their talent somehow neutralized by scheme or were they bullied by the New Orleans Saints? I, I want to say both. I think mm. both. That's what leads to a 38-3 victory is usually you get bullied on the field physically, and then your scheme also got bullied as well. And I think that was a double whammy, and that's what led it to what you saw there. You know, hey, nonetheless, I'll, I'll talk about this. I mean, you watch the game. I mean, there was, no, there was no question who the more physical, hungry, mad team was on the football field. I mean, from the get-go. I mean, the first play of the game for Brady on offense, first play of the game for Breeze on offense, the offensive line went into the – or the line – battle went to the favor of the Saints right from the get-go. You know, to start on the Saints, yeah, Breeze was awesome last night. Right off the bat, you could see a game plan, though. It was, in a, it was up-tempo. It was an assault of formations and personnel sets on the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense. And not that they went up-tempo, no huddle, but they broke the huddle. Hey, shift, move, set, set hut. Like, they were snapping the ball with 29, 28 seconds on the play clock every time. They weren't going to let the Bucks hunker in there and, oh, wait, they're in this formation. Oh, coach told us they do this and this and this. You know, they really applied the pressure with a lot of different things to think about if you're the Buccaneers defense right off the bat. So that's the first thing I think that jumps off to me. Mm. Now, the rest of the success of the football game is predicated a lot on the defense. I mean, and we'll go there in a minute. But, man, just look at the field position. The Saints have. Yeah, they have that first drive, which was only a 65-yard touchdown drive. Now, the next drive, they make a great drive, and Jared Cook fumbles, right, uh, on the two-yard line. 
But they keep Tampa locked in there. They get the ball back at the 35-yard line and go down again, score a touchdown. Keep Tampa locked in there again. Now, 50-yard drive for a touchdown. And they had their heads spinning at this point. Mm -hmm. But really had their way more than anything with a short passing game, controlling the clock that way, taking the Buccaneers' pass rush out of the game. They can't do anything. And I think the thing that surprised me more than anything was kind of a lack of aggressive approach by the Buccaneers on defense. A lot of zone coverages, didn't blitz, didn't do anything like that. Okay, well, they blocked your four-down lineman, and you're playing zone against Breeze and Sean Payton. Night-night, good luck. You know, you can play some zone, but you can't do that all game long because he'll just pick it apart. And that's where I was surprised with at least Tampa's approach against them. But just a great game plan. Drew Brees was on his game. And then, you know, the elements of Sean Payton's offense as far as the Taysom Hill runs, the physicality of their offensive line, all of that just was at a pinnacle last night, and they kicked ass. Yeah, they were very versatile. They had three different passers, seven rushers, 12 receivers touched the ball last night. And he's done that in the past. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what they do. They just spread the ball around. They, you have no idea who, uh, who's going to get it. Usually Michael Thomas and then Elvin Kamara, and then everyone else uh, has at least a little piece of, of the pie there. I, I, Taysom Hill. Yeah. How they used that? him was interesting, right? Because they seem to be leaning on him more heavily in this game than they have previously. I, I hope they continue to do it. You know, I do, because I think it's a great weapon for them. You know, like, like on the first drive of the game, when they go down and score a touchdown, they have a third and two. He ends up throwing, like, a little crossing route. I think it was to Jared Cook for a first down. But that element of him in that quarterback position is really dangerous. And it really, if you're willing to throw the ball with him, you're going to get some cheap, easy yards. Because it's a little bit like Lamar Jackson last year when he took over for the Ravens. You're so worried about Taysom Hill and the run game, and they have a powerful offensive line, that you play a defensive pass coverage that's very elementary. To where, like, if Drew Brees got some of those coverages, he'd be like, oh, please keep playing that. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to tear you guys up if you do that. But because they have to worry about the run game, it leads it to... Oh my gosh, this is so easy to throw the ball. And even though that wasn't a great throw, they were playing so much to stop the run and the quarterback design run that it led to wide open people. And, you know, that's when Sean Payton has you, you know, by the kahunas, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. And yeah, there were some cool Taysom Hill elements in the game plan last night. The way they use him, though, and how physical he is, right? he's taking some big hits. Yeah. I was thinking, like, the, the day that he becomes, like, the starting quarterback may never come. Because You know what I mean? It's like, can your starting quarterback be that physical and used in that way? It just seems almost unlikely that you would just be that prototypical starting 16 games a year. No, maybe he's... Be able to play that way. Listen, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Maybe he's not. Maybe this is always the role he's going to be. Maybe Jameis Winston's the quarterback next year if Drew Brees isn't there. And they just go, no, but we got Taysom Hill and he's part of the offense. Why wouldn't you do that? I I agree. You know? It's a great weapon. It's 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 a big chip for their football team. Because it causes mismatches. It's really an issue that way. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I just think overall, you know, it was a complimentary football game because of the defense setting up the offense and then the offense taking advantage of that. Okay. I don't think there's anything I could sit here and just go, oh, they did this or what. It was more physical. It was at the line of scrimmage, quick motion, set hot, keep the pressure on you that way. Yep. And then – a 
just multitude of formations and personnels, and look at how they spread the ball around. I mean, Taysom Hill had a carry. Uh, just, here's running backs. Hills, Taysom Hill had seven carries. Kamara had nine carries. Murray had ten carries. Mm-hmm. Washington had five carries. Burton had one carry, right? Drew Brees had two. Drew Brees, two, and Jameis Winston, one. So, like, there's all those different running attack. Yeah. And then they had, what was it, four, eight, 12 different receivers catch the football. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so that they, is they, unbelievable. They had the Bucks on the on the heels, and so on the heels, and didn't play aggressive, which I still am shocked by. And why so, wouldn't yeah. you play aggressive? I'm sorry, because I know you want to transition to the other side of the ball, and Pete's probably well, saying move on. Well, because no, that's what you're saying, though. You're saying that what they uh, what the Bucks did offensively or didn't do offensively set up their the yes. Saints offense with short fields. But I also don't understand the Bucks. You got two big time corners. You yeah. got two really awesome athletic running backs, like. Drew Brees can't throw the ball down the field, nor do they have receivers that really are going to scare you that way either. Why wouldn't you be playing a little bit more of a we're around the line of scrimmage? How other teams have played. For the most part. That's where I was really surprised by the attack. And I don't know if it's Todd Bowles was like, wait, I don't know what I'm going to get. Michael Thomas is back in the lineup or whatever. Uh, But either way, I just found their their, – a line of attack on the defensive side of the ball to be maybe, a little shocking. Maybe there was no Todd Bowles in the house, unlike the theme nope. song to begin this no whole Todd Bowles in this. <laughs> Apparently he was not in the house. Uh, Tom Brady was in the house. He, he'd rather not have been. Like, if he had his choice, he probably would have rather not played in this game if he knew it was going to turn out like this. 40.4 passer rating, third worst of his career, uh, worst since 2006. First time in his career, 333 starts where he was down 30 or more points at halftime. First game with three interceptions since 2011 versus Buffalo. And so it was like worse, worse, worse. You get the yeah. idea. He was yeah. pressured a ton by, a that, ton. Uh, by that Saints team. Not always on, on blitzes. But um, so was, was Brady bad? No. Well, he was bad. Well, yes. But well, it's not why him. Why was Brady bad? It's not, yeah, exactly. Why? The why is the important part. You know, first off, you said it. Pressure. First play of the game. I mean, first play of the game, Cameron Jordan just pushes Werfs back. There's Brady. I think he's going to hit Godwin for maybe a 15-yard completion. But as he's throwing, he gets whacked in the head and everything. Because, I mean, that was really, you know, it was almost like a a sign of things to come. Like, nope, this is the way it's going to be tonight. You're going to get whooped a lot. I I don't know any other way to say it. I said this this morning. I'll say it again. Just for, like, an overall theme of the game. The Buccaneers came out like, oh, we got weapons, and we're just going to throw it, and you can't match up. It's Antonio Brown and Gronk and Evans and Godwin, and there's no way, and Brady, and you won't be able to match up with us. There's just no way. And it's like they came out just thinking, we're going to throw the ball every play, and you won't be able to do it. Well, they've been at their best all year when they run the ball a little and do control the line of scrimmage. And then Brady does have the play-action passes, and some of those run formations you and I have talked about through the first eight weeks has led itself to, oh, max protect, big throws down the field. Mm-hmm. They never even really got that part of their game going last night. You know, They never even really gave the run game a chance. It's like they read all their press clippings. And Did you like, see that? I mean, throw. they had five rushing attempts. No. Fewest in an NFL game ever. Is that right? Ever. Is that right? That's what Pete wrote down here. I mean, we can fact check. All right, well, see, that makes me feel better. standing behind his stat. It makes me feel better about what I said this morning. I mean, it really does because, uh, I I I mean, their leading rusher was Jones, three carries for nine yards. How how does that happen? How does that happen? I I, I just, I really don't understand. So, could any quarterback, Matt Smith, 18, 09, 84, 
Man, that might be a social security. Yeah. Lock up your accounts. <laughs> uh, do you put more on the play calling for Brady than Brady himself? I mean, there might be a case for that. Yeah, no, I think so. Definitely. I, 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 don't, I, I don't, you know, Brady, again, this is a tough game for him. There wasn't there a lot there to be had. And then the way he's pressured, you know, this is where Brady, you know, again, being 43, and this is a negative of his game. When he's pressured like that, he can't take games over. He's not going to be able to make somebody miss or move around like a Rodgers or a Russell Wilson or a Mahomes can in these type of games where you still go, whoa, they're getting pressure on, but it doesn't matter. You know, Mahomes is still throwing 20-yard completions or Rodgers is still hopping around and throwing lasers. This is where, it, you know, this is where Tom Brady can't affect, you know, he, he can't overcome it. it. It's just too many people in his face throughout the game, let alone, okay, so you're dominating the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. The Saints didn't play too overly aggressive. They played aggressive in the right spots as far as, playing man-to-man, but did a good job. Like I would always say, changing coverages, right, and giving combination coverages too. Uh, And when I say combination coverages, I mean playing like one coverage on this side of the field and another coverage on the other side of the field. Mm -hmm. Those are little things that even if you played quarterback for 20 years, you know, you could get a little confused by at times. But I think Mm -hmm. those were the things that jumped out more than anything. Drew Zimmy 9 says, did you see anything different in their defensive game plan? So are those things they were doing differently just for Tom Brady that they haven't done before? Or do they have some of that... El- those they have elements. Game. Their big issue all year is they dominate. They can really dominate games, but they always let up four or five big plays every game. And you just go, man, how do they, they busted that coverage? Or yeah. what are they doing here? To me, the big thing I saw yesterday, they didn't stupidly blitz or weren't overly aggressive. They played man-to-man, I felt like, when they felt like, ooh, we think like man-to-man is the right play for this down and distance in this personnel set. Not just to play man-to-man because, like, we play man-to-man and we don't give you anything easy. Yeah, yeah you're going to give them something easy if you play too much man-to-man. So, no, I think it was an approach that way, you know. And um, they were mixing it up on later downs. That's where I thought it was great. On third down, I don't think Bruce Arians or Leftwich could ever get in the flow of what to do, you know. And then they just played, like I said, some cool coverages. Hey, there was a third and eight. It's 7 seven nothing, 252 in the first quarter. Anybody wants to go look up this play, it's a good play. Third and eight, 7-0, first quarter, where he's got his three stud receivers to his left, Gronkowski to his right. There's two safeties deep. They're going Malcolm Jenkins one-on-one on Gronk. Demario Davis one-on-one on Leonard Fournette. Okay, so over there, it's just two one-on-one matchups. Now, there's two safeties back there. They're playing all three receivers man-to-man, but the safeties kick over to the three receivers. So now one's playing really far over there, and then the other one's like looking for that inside of the three receivers to come across the field or do anything like that. That's what I mean by cool coverages, combination coverages, things where I go, I don't know exactly what this right. coverage is. It's man with two safeties deep, and they've been taught to look up certain aspects of an offense, right? And that was what I think Dennis Allen really kicked some butt with. And they had them all messed up. And that third interception that Brady threw, I think it was his third one where he just threw it up. Oh, that right. Was off. Oh, yeah, the one across bad. the field That's there. That's like what I would do if I, would, if I was in the NFL. Well, he was, was, de- really he was desperate. That was a fourth down right if I remember correctly. oh was it a fourth down oh, I, I believe guess it was maybe uh, I'm wrong I think it was though well if it was I'm gonna tone back my uh but, but that was really I, you know play. when you when you play a good defense who not only is coached pretty well and yes I've complained about their over aggressive meathead meatheadedness at times yeah but when you do you know you become one-dimensional against a good coach defense that has talent like that 
You know, it's just hard. It's just I, I don't understand what they were thinking. I understand the Saints have a good run defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they played a game that just allowed Hen- Hendrickson and Anam. On- 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 Onimana, I can't say Onimana. Onimana? Onimana. Is yes. that right? I don't I, even I, it's know. something like that. Okay, I, I think I butchered it pretty good. Daniel. Daniel O. Daniel O. D-O. You're right. That's what <laughs> we should just go with. Yeah. But Hendrickson, D-O, Cam Jordan, I mean, they popped a lot during the football game. I mean, a lot. Um, and, you know, yeah, you talked about the Malcolm Jenkins interception. Right. The Onyemata interception was a tip pass caused through the pressure. And then there was the, th- the, the second of the three interceptions, which was the Marcus Williams, the Antonio Brown mix So what did you think of Antonio Brown in the game? Right. Antonio looked good. He really did. On that interception specifically, you know, that's a play where it's like, it, 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 it's, it's like, oh, if the guys press on you, you need to run the go. Mm-hmm. If he's playing off of you a little bit, you need to hook it up. It was a hard read for him. I see what he saw because I think he thought, ooh, there's not like the, the safety's over the top of me and they're, right. they're pressing me with like two guys like that. I think he thought, oh, no, they're still playing soft. Let me sit up. Well, and yeah. Brady read it as, no, he's still playing you aggressively. Let's try to throw over the top. Well, it would have still been a – if he would have kept running, it would have still been a jump ball Thank between you. him and the – It was defenders. still a bad decision and it was yeah. a bad throw. Yeah. If he runs straight, it's still going to get picked is what you're Probably. saying. Yeah, <laughs> unless Antonio makes some great play of breaking it up. Yeah. But he threw it short and inside, and the safety it was not a hard play for him to get over there and make that play. He was in the position. But all, all in all, yeah. I thought – I mean, Antonio Brown, to run the way he runs – uh, without playing football for that long is, is unbelievable. Okay, so here you go. The final verdict. Yeah. You, you've been saying the Bucks are the best team in the NFC. Do you still think that's the case? No. Because I, you can no. – you can, I can't like, say that now. I can't. You can't. Not after that because loss. Because you can throw – like coaches do it all the time, like throw that game up. Yeah, no. I'm not even going to look at the game. No. 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 When you put two games together like they did now, it's the it's Giants sweet. last week. Oh, I was uh, – they've lost twice now to the Saints. Lost twice too, to the but Saints. Yeah. But when you lose – like the Giants game, they won last week. Yeah. But we're outplayed. And now this game really outplayed and physically dominated. It's two weeks in a row where the Bucks' old line and D-line have been pushed around. They've lost the battle up front, which is shocking to me. You know, and I'll, I'll say this. I said this this morning, too. They miss Vita Vea big time. Hmm. If you want to know why their run defense might not be kicking butt, you want to know why their pass rush isn't kicking butt, it's because Vita Vea is not in there. He was a force. He stopped quarterbacks from being able to ever step up in the pocket, which let JPP and Shaq Barrett always have the edge to get him that way. And he was a great force in the run game. And they're, they're really hurting, hurting uh, missing him right now. There's your stat. F up the play, guys. And, you know? and last thing. Yes. First and goal from the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You throw the ball three times. Yeah. That just tells you. That, I mean, that, that kind of says it all right there. It summed up the whole game, right? It was the first time all year the Bucks did not score a touchdown in a goal-to-go situation, and the first time all year the Saints did not, you know, stopped one. Stopped, stopped one. Stopped yeah, one exactly right. Go. Yeah, right. So th- there it was. But uh, they, you're right. That summed Good up job. the whole game. Good job. Good job by the Saints there. All right, we got three more games, and we're going to do them in style. Oh, baby. It's time for Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai and we go to the NFC East. Giants get the win. They hung on to beat Washington 23-20. to Yeah, well, the headline's going to be Big Blue Wrecking Crew because that's what happens when the Giants D wins games for you. I mean, 
Hey, is five turnovers enough for you? Is that enough? Almost not. But is that okay yeah. to call them big blue wrecking crew? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it got it done. You know? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying the whole team's a wrecking yeah. crew, okay? I'm just saying the defense was. No, but either way, it did get it done. I mean, you know, um, Daniel Jones was efficient for the most part of the yeah. day. I, I really believe this. Joe Judge, I said this a little bit about Matt Rule, and they're less talented, the Giants, than the Carolina Panthers. Joe Judge and the coaching approach and the game plan every game is correct from the New York Giants. Now, whether they win that game or not, you know, we'll see. But it's why you haven't seen them get blown out or anything like that with a team where we know a lot of the times they're lesser than. Now, I know they're not lesser than Washington football team, but I do got to give him credit again. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Jones, what he did, but I think the big thing is you pick off, you know, Alex Smith twice at the end of the football game when the game was still in the balance, you know, had three interceptions total, and then had the uh, two forced fumbles. You know, that, that's a pretty big day. Or, right. Not two forced fumbles. One was the muff punt by Washington back in their own area where Washington capitalized on it. But either way, Giants, good win for them. They show that, you know, I, I think they're on the right track as a football team. They yeah. just need more talent on the football team. It was good to see Evan Ingram and Daniel Jones connect for a big touchdown. Um, but, but nonetheless, they get the win, and I'm happy about that. Daniel Jones, 4-1 and one versus Washington, 1-16 and 16 versus I saw that. everyone That's crazy. else. The Broncos do not come back against the Falcons, although the Falcons man, kind of tried. Falcons defeat the Broncos 34-27, your headline for that one. He's totally Raheeming himself, and that is for Raheem Morris. That's right, my old buddy. He was down on the Bucks all those years when I was playing as a DB coach. But, um, I mean, they should be 4-0 ever since Raheem Morris took over. If Todd Gurley falls on the one-yard line, yep. they're 4-0. That's all there really Which is to it. The Lions get a better draft pick, and the Falcons get that 4-0. To- totally, me- totally messed, messed it, up. it up. But, you know, Matt Ryan, those weapons – you know, Julio has the touchdown catch, but, you know, the Zacchaeus, I, I hope I'm saying his name the right way, you know, he's really carved out a little niche for himself in the offense, and when, when Ridley's been out, he's done a good job. You know, they, they run the ball somewhat effectively to where it doesn't have to be gashing people every game, but they run it good enough to where it keeps play action pass and everything mm-hmm. a viable option to where a defense can't get a feel for you. You know, they, they were really – Never, never really stopped all day long yesterday, and their defense has definitely been better since Raheem Morris took it over. It's not dominant, yeah, but you see they have moments of confusing people, creating some turnovers, oh, three and outs a few series in a row, and hey, they're not totally out of this yet either. They're kind of no. like the Vikings. They're one of these teams you look at, they go, damn, that's a pretty damn good three and six football For team. For sure, and I mean, if their defense was better or played better in the beginning of the year, Matt Ryan would be right in the MVP conversation for sure yeah, uh, yeah yeah i don't know about why do you say that well i guess you would be i don't because any team who's good their quarterbacks in the conversation well but because like you're saying that because of the way the stats look now and i just but go some were, of those oh, games the stats were very fake at the end why of the game why do you do that to me why I do know. you i just want to look at the numbers what and that's I'm here it. For. i don't want to think about what they mean and the final game texans defeat the jaguars 27 25 yeah um thank god for that guy and uh when i say <laughs> that guy yeah. I mean Deshaun Watson. Uh, I mean, you know, as we talked about with Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, whoever, I mean, it just, he is the guy that makes the Houston Texans go. And it's his big plays that help him win the football game. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, first off, his scrambling and running, 
You know, it's, it feels like it's almost every week. Oh, he led his team in rushing and passing? Shocker. Oh, I didn't really realize that. Oh, yeah, really. No duh, because they can't run the ball, uh, and they're not good that way. But, you know, it's the big plays, whether it's Brandon Cook's long touchdown, Will Fuller long touchdown, another big pass play that ended up in a 50-yard pass interference call before the end of the first half that led to a touchdown. All those things are because of one person, Deshaun Watson. He's the man. There's no other way to say it. He's having a great year, even though the team is not. He's still one of the six, seven best quarterbacks in the game. And uh, that's why I say, thank God they got that guy. And now we've seen the Jaguars plan here yeah. into the foreseeable future. Not to necessarily have a good football team, but just have these sixth-round quarterbacks that come in, and then everyone gets behind, and that's, a, that's how you enjoy your team. Right? <laughs> so you got yes. Minshew goes out with, a, I guess he's been playing with a fractured hand yeah, for two weeks got now. Got some bones broken in there. Jake Luton comes in. Did well. Uh, from uh, Oregon State. Yep. Yeah, he did well. He did. He, he threw the ball okay. He was um, the guy I touted as my number six quarterback coming out in the draft this year. I don't remember that. Is you that know? true? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's good size, never loses control of the football, pretty good arm strength. Excuse me as I burp. Yeah. And you saw his cool running he had at the end of the game. Got a little athleticism there, too. Yeah. So it was fun. It's, it, every couple of years, the Jaguars get a sixth-round quarterback he needs to grow a mustache. He needs to have a nickname of some sort. But then everyone will be excited about that. We'll see. Won't make the playoffs. Until they get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that was did. Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. And now it's time for the Trevor Lawrence Top Pick Power Rankings unsponsored. Woo, yeah, woo, woo, sponsor woo, woo. Yeah. They're sponsored by Chris Sims. Yeah, one day. Chris Sims. One You're day. right. There we go. I'll sponsor him. Um, a lot, like buy me lunch or something like that. Yeah, one I'll day I will. Towards when I think about this. Um, oh, Pete notes that you do owe me for the Brady bet. Oh, Remember you're right. we bet that? You're we bet right. lunch. Yes. I said he'd go back to New England. You said, said he wouldn't. I got every other team. It <laughs> seems like I had an advantage on that one. <laughs> but uh, all right, so here we go. So this is um, – there's potential shakeup this week in the Trevor Lawrence top pick power rankings. Uh, we do have um, a new team in the ranking. One Ooh. team dropped out. I took out Denver. You were right. I was a little too – down on them, or high on them, I guess. Right. Um, so they dropped out. Uh, Drew Locke is, although making mistakes, still looks too dangerous to put them here in the, the top five. They're not going to get the number one. Hey, pick. Drew Locke, just so you say, like, you said, like, I, there's a lot of talk about him right now. Yeah. Hey, there's, there's a lot of talent with Drew Locke. I like it. I will say this. He's got to reel it in just a little. Not every throw has to be 30 and 40 yards down the field. Like, you know, take the five-yard completion every now and then. Mm-hmm. That would be my only f- issue with him right now is just yeah. constantly being a little too over-aggressive. Okay, well, if he doesn't tone that down, yeah. maybe he can get back, get back into the it. rankings. Yeah. Number five, almost dropping out. Pete's not going to like this. The New York Giants. Wow. The New York Giants. They're still in there. Yeah. They were fourth last week. Um, but uh, that win against uh, Washington's not going to do you any favors. So they're five right now, teetering on the cusp. Four is the Cowboys. So we got the Cowboys four because they kept it too close to the Steelers. A yeah. little worrying, but finding a way to lose. Yes, which they do is what you have to do. Yes, they do. Uh, number three, we're going clean, almost a clean sweep here. NFC East football team. They were previously unranked. They've catapulted themselves to number three because you know the losing definitely defense scares me a little bit. Yeah, I feel like they can win games just with their defense. Right, but their quarterback situation is such a mess right now. Yeah. Ron Rivera saying that. They might not have the franchise quarterback on the roster right now. 
That's pretty good I, here in the Trevor Lawrence I, it's power It's very rankings. good. I, I'll be interested to see what they do with the quarterback position this week. I mean, you know. They, they're again. really, I mean, they don't, they're down on Haskins. I mean, they got to be. You know, first off, Alex Smith after yesterday is not going to actually, like, embolden you to go, hey, we, we want to throw him back out there. And after there. that game being like, yeah, we're still probably going to go with Alex for the foreseeable future. That would tell you there's really, that there's yes. true concern. Because like, after a game like yesterday, you would think that would open up the invite to go, yeah, let's bring Dwayne back in. He's had a few weeks to reassess, things yeah. like that. And maybe they want to make him earn it. I, know, I really guess. Really, like, show that. I don't know. I just, I truly question how effective Alex Smith can be. I do. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything. Yeah. He's never had a big-time arm. And now, I, just, just to watch out for this. And it's a great story, and I'm not trying to – I'm just talking purely football mm-hmm. here, okay? He can't move around. I, I, can he move? I don't know. I haven't seen him do it yet. That's where I go, like, as a starting quarterback. I don't know if that's going to be, like, a good thing. You know, I, I haven't seen him run or move anything. You know, I, I know his leg's better, but, you know, there's, just, there's been nothing there to this point. I know. And that's a little troubling, Threw too, for, for a guy who doesn't have a big arm. 300 yards, but, yeah, yeah it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't it pretty. Was not pretty. Right. Um, number two remains the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, yeah. Uh, close to the Texans, and I am a little worried about this Luton guy. I don't want him to all of a sudden start producing, but I think they're a solid two to the number one team that has been the number one team throughout this entire ranking, the New York Jets. However, I will say there is some drama because if they can figure out a way to beat a struggling New England Patriots team, I think that definitely brings the Patriots into the Trevor Lawrence power rankings. Right. And depending on how it goes down, like if the Jets win and win convincingly, That'll be disappointing, and it might remove them from number one and put Jacksonville number one. Wow. So tonight, you're letting in a let one game just wipe away all this crappiness they've given you to be number one in your ranking? I'm not saying it's likely, but I'm saying it could happen. <laughs> it could. Say I'm they win by know. 21. Say they win by 21 against the Patriots. Man, if they move, I'm not so sure they could beat a high school team by 21 right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. No, they could. Uh, but, but, man, I would be shocked if they won by 21. I'll be shocked, as you know, if they win all together tonight. So, so you got New England winning tonight. I got New England. I don't think it'll be pretty. You know, with Greg Williams, he is a good defensive coach. And we know that the Patriots' offense lacks weapons. So when they have to worry about running, it's, it's, they're a little one-dimensional, the Patriots. It's run game. It's all about cams and the run game off of him. And then he just hits a few passes here and there. And I think that will lead to some ugliness. But I think ultimately it'll be like a 20-10, to 23-13 type Patriots win. Okay, so yeah. this is what I'm going to do. After watching you guys on Sunday Night Football get yeah. crushed for wrong picks, it's like there's no benefit to picking the favorite. Mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Hold on. Ready? Three, two, one. Jets find a way to win this game. Patriots have been struggling so much. I don't think it's even close. Jets win. Three, two, one. All right, there's the clip Good. right there. So now if the Jets do win, yeah. we play that. Right. If they don't, it's like everyone forgets about it. No, I like won't. We don't even. I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll cue it up for next week to start the show. <laughs> I think we got our open right there. I think there. you and Peter are on the same page Good. on that. Good. We got it. Good. Okay, you're, well, this may backfire then. I thought I, like I had it. a perfect strategy, but it may backfire. You're, you're, you're right. And, you know, I, I mean, I thought about the Saints yesterday. Yeah. You know, I picked the Bucks, or I like to stay with what I picked during the week. I do. Sure. Now, the, the thought to me of the Saints being pissed off and feeling disrespected and we're the kings of the NFC South and we're a team that's been together and battle-tested and yeah. you guys are just a bunch of names on a paper that are just starting to become a team, 
I think they took that personal and they kind of showed what they had last. But night. honestly, I think they were almost as surprised as anyone on that result. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I, I don't I think, think so they would have. No, not like, like they would never have thought. They were like, Definitely I can't not. believe we beat them thirty-eight to three. Definitely it's not. Even surprised us. We yeah. don't want to admit that. But yep. uh, well done. We did it. We did we it. Made it through all of them. Way to go. You got more on Wednesday. Yep. And then. Uh, I don't know why I'm laying out your schedule Thank for you. you. And then I got more on Thursday. <laughs> and I got more on Tuesday. And then Friday's off. Thank you very much, Ahmed Farid. <laughs> well done. Well we done. will be back on Wednesday for What the Fuck Happened. And then probably Big Phil back in the fold. But I will de- definitely deep dive a few other of the major matchups we just saw. Everybody be good out there. Enjoy Monday Night Football, Patriots, Jets. You the man. You look great in your red pants today. I had to go pants. Good. Sure. Good. Good job. Way to go. Clap it up. Well done. Yeah, baby.